0: Welcome to No Prize From God, episode 16. No Prize From God features conversations with creative people about belief, unbelief, and everything between. I'm your host, Ryan J. Downey, and my guest this episode is Kellen Quinn, frontman for Sleeping With Sirens. I got to know Kellen through writing in-depth cover stories on his band, first in 2012 and then again the following year and most recently in 2015. There's been a series of catch-up calls, video interviews, show hangs, and whatever else over the years. His band has released albums with Rise Records, Epitaph, and most recently, Warner Music. The band's urgent anthems and earnest ballads are anchored around Quinn's intimate vocal revelations. They've debuted as high as number three on the Billboard charts, and graced the cover of every alternative rock magazine you can name in America, the United Kingdom, and Australia several times over. Kellen's voice is heard alongside Vic Fuentes on Pierce the Veil's gold-selling single, King for a Day, and they've sold close to a million albums around the world. Kellen is also a husband and father who lives a relatively quiet existence when he's not on tour in the studio or doing Sleeping With Sirens-related press. He was just a kid when he first rose to prominence on YouTube with an acoustic song called Jesus in the Southern Sky before Sleeping With Sirens, as they would become known, had really taken shape. We'd never really discussed the spiritual end of life before, so I was happy to have him on. So here it is, my conversation with Kellen Quinn of Sleeping With Sirens. This is No Prize from God. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about growing up. Uh, you know, I know a bit about um, obviously your childhood from having you know being friends for a long time and having written about you quite a bit, um, and you know getting into music and all that sort of thing. But in terms of any kind of faith background and uh, you know life and death and what does it all mean and that sort of stuff, what was your early introduction to some of those ideas and and what do you remember you know as a child uh, you know forming? Uh, uh, your your thoughts kind of wrapping your head around that stuff
1: yeah um it's weird like my on my mom's side well my mom in general didn't really go to church uh she did when she was younger and um then she kind of stopped going and had like her own kind of beliefs on the situation like my dad's side was pretty religious though like my my i remember going to like youth group with my aunt when i was like younger um just because my dad was kind of the sole, like, guardian of me and my sister. My mom kind of moved away when we were younger. So my dad, I think, to kind of get some space between me and my sister, would send us to youth group with my aunt. And so I, that's kind of my early childhood is going to to um youth group on Wednesdays and being plugged into that sort of, like, Uh, children's church kind of medium, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I I thought it was fun, you know, like we, when I went to like children's church, um, we had to build like these, I remember building like these uh, wooden like race cars. You design them and then like there's a dude that would like shape it out of wood based off your drawing and then you could paint it a certain color and then you do like these, they were called like derby races where you would like go and race your car and actually made it to like, the finals, so I had to, like, travel with my car to, like, go to this, like, final, like, derby race, (laughs) so, like, to me, yeah, so to me, it was, like, children's church growing up, like, you would remember, like, Bible verses, and you'd get, like, rewards and stuff, and it was, like, it was more about going and hanging out, socializing with your friends, Um, so, yeah, that was, like, that was mainly, and actually, my aunt would take us to McDonald's, it was, like, tradition afterwards, and we would get, like, those uh twist cones like the vanilla chocolate cones, so mm-hmm.
0: that was also incentive to go <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so afterwards so really like a like a social and familial and kind of cultural yeah, I mean like a lot of us you know experience with with that sort of intertwining with the re- religious experience was that um yeah was that like a non denominational kind of evangelical thing or was there a certain was there any kind of certain spin to the type of church it was?
1: No, just a typical Christian church, um, non-denominational.
0: And what do you remember as a kid kind of, you know, I mean, it's it's fascinating to me, you know, we're both parents, obviously, and, um, you know, having kids of different ages and everything, uh, you know, introducing some of these ideas to children, um, you know, we're so used to it because it's such a, a... Typical thing, and and, you know, across many cultures and across human history to be introduced to this stuff at an early age. But now, as an adult, I'm like, man, it's so crazy the idea of uh, talking about this stuff with kids, you know, let alone something like the Christian story, even where it's like there's human sacrifice and you know, blood and all these like crazy concepts. And then, even on the other side of the coin, you know, everything from grace to forgiveness and whatever. And it's like, there's such big ideas to uh kind of hoist upon uh small minds that are you know really just just getting a grip on th- things,
1: the only thing I really remember is going to my grandmother's church when they were doing uh they were doing like a live action play of uh of Jesus being like hung on the cross and stuff, and I remember like being terrified of whoever played Satan because he came out with like one of these like fake whips and he's like whipping it on the ground and he had like red face paint on. Uh-huh. And I just remember being like terrified and then meeting him afterwards. Like, he's like, Hey, I'm just a guy, you know, like and it, was, it was kind of <laughs> fine after that, but I still remember <laughs> like, that's one of my earliest memories of being kind of freaked out about it, you know, but, um, Yeah. going, but going to like church on Wednesdays was like, to me, like, I don't think it was that, as serious. Like it was, we would talk about like, we'd talk about like Noah and the boat and like um, we would talk about like some of the, the more fun stories. It wasn't necessarily like super deep, you know, it was more about like, again, if you remembered a Bible verse, you got a prize and you get to play with your friends and, like you sing some songs but it's mostly about like just hanging out socializing so
0: yeah that makes sense i mean it's like jonah and the whale is a lot more fun than the passion of the christ yeah jo- yeah <laughs> jonah
1: exactly jonah and the whale and it was mo- it wasn't like ever to me it wasn't ever like no this really happened like this dude actually got eaten by a whale to me it was just like fun little stories that they told you know i never like i never look back on it and go I wonder if that dude really got eaten by a whale. Like to me it's almost like a folklore. Like like almost like a wives tale, you
0: know? Yeah. And, and and when you think about kind of our grand myth making and storytelling and how it developed in, in human civilization, it's like, you know, now we have myths like we all if if you if you talk about Yoda or the Force or a Lightsaber, like most people in the West know what that stuff means and and we understand kind of the ideas and the concepts that are in those stories without thinking like yeah, Luke Skywalker was, like, this real person that did all this stuff.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think I get, like, I think I, you know, every once in a while, like, my family will make me go to, like, Easter Sunday service, and it's just, like, now it's now it's a whole different experience being an adult, just, like, looking at these people at church that get so into it, and, like, all the stuff that comes along with church. It's it's almost, like, really kind of embarrassing for me to like, to be there and to kind of witness it because it it just seems so silly, you know? Um, Like you see like 15 year old girls, like with their hands up, like with tears in their eyes, like praising the Lord and like singing with such conviction. And to me, I'm like, dude, you're 15. Like you have nothing to like cry or like be upset about. Like (laughs) what kind of, what kind of crazy sin could you be doing that you would need to like, worship super heavy you know um and i mean i that's just something i noticed like now and also just uh, how intense some of these pastors get into like the stories and mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. like even like my 12 year old like went with me to easter sunday service and afterwards he's just like i'm just not meant to go to church like <laughs> hey dude that's totally fine like yeah you don't have to if you don't want to you know like i'd never force that upon my kids
0: so well kind of getting back to your your childhood i guess and w- so when you hit the teenage years um you know which is as you referenced such a time of of passion and intensity in so many different directions and for some of us we we put that into creating music or being really into music or different types of art and you know, for some people that's church, for some people that's activism, you know, it, it manifests itself in a lot of different ways. For some people it's doing a bunch of drugs and vandalizing or, you know, setting things on fire, whatever it is. Um, yeah. Where was that kind of channeling for you, obviously, as you are getting into music and going to shows and stuff like that? Um, oh, it's,
1: it's funny, I, um, you know, I
0: went to youth group a
1: lot when I was in high school and I went there because there was um, the guy that set up the the youth group um also built like a skate park and it was like the Mm. only indoor like skate park so me and my friends would go and listen to like 20 minutes of a sermon just so we could skate (laughs) and um Yeah. yeah and it was cool like he played like he played like pod and stuff like that and so i got into i got into some of that kind of music um you know through we were going to youth group like i was gonna buy like a Godsmack cd and my youth pastor was like why don't you check out pod because it's kind of in the same vein and it's it's a little bit like better lyrically and stuff like that so i bought like the pod cd and i got into that band and um <clears throat> you know still to this day i like some pod songs you know um
0: <laughs> yeah totally i uh
1: yeah so um so i mean but it was it was cool because we went on like a youth mission trip to LA and like helped paint some inner city people's houses and like helped this like elderly lady move out of her house. And we were staying like at a church there and got to like be a part of the community, which is something that I thought was cool about being in youth group.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Cause it was, it was about doing good deeds and good services. And I thought that was like the one thing that I took from Christianity, like doing like good deeds for people and, and just being a part of that. And it was something that I think helped me um, become, like, a giving person in that way because I would, you know, like, we did, like, the soup kitchens and stuff for the homeless and things like that. And it just, it taught me to, like, be very humble when it came to, like, money and to be appreciative of all the things that I had and, and stuff like that. So that, that that taught me, like, good good stuff. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, every time I would go to, like, into adult church with my parents, I just thought it was silly because it was always, like, it always felt like the same spiel. Like, if you're going through hard times, like, you just need to accept the Lord under your heart, and then there would be, like, this whole, like, at the end of church, like, they would ask who needs, like, God in their heart, and people would put their hands up, and then they would baptize them. And I always thought, like, okay, well, what about everyone else that's already baptized or already, like,
0: mm.
1: saved? Like, where's the message for us? Like, where's, like, where is the help? Like when, you know, my dad's like struggling financially, like where's where's the help in that? When you you see your pastor driving like a Mercedes around and Mm -hmm. they're constantly asking for tithes and offerings and the church has like LED walls and freaking the worship team has like all the finest gear and all this stuff. It's like, it just, it didn't make sense to me because I was coming from youth group where we were helping out homeless people and poor people and putting our time and energy into that. And I didn't see the adult church doing the same thing. So I thought that was always kind
0: of strange. Yeah, no, that's super profound and I think that that's parallel to a lot of people's experience and where a lot of disillusionment starts to really come in when it, as you pointed out the emphasis is so much on conversion and it's like, you know, preaching 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 and and getting people on board and then there's a lot of like, okay, now I'm in the club, like what's this club all about? What do we do? <laughs> you know, and and Yeah, exactly. It, yeah.
1: yeah, you're in the you're in the club, but what's the club? Cause the club just seems to be trying to gain more members into the club yeah. and not necessarily about like all the cool things that we were doing when we were younger. Like, where did all that go? You know? And it almost seemed like your parents and the adults were going to church just so they could feel better about facing the week, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I, I always thought that was kind of strange and that's kind of where I started to lose touch. But I mean, I did gain a lot of friendships, um, through like going to like concerts and stuff and seeing bands like Showbread and seeing bands um that were from like the Tooth and Nail era like Amberlin and 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 bands like that 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 were a part of like a Christian label but not necessarily like the Christian artists that were being played on the Christian radio stations yeah. um and again dude it was to me it was all about community it was all about finding friends and and stuff people that were like minded and um you know, I was, I was lucky enough to grow up and not be, I mean, I did experiment with a couple things. Like I did go to my friend's house and drink one time or, you know, like I smoked weed a couple of times like that, but I wasn't like, I wasn't doing shitty things. Like I was, I think that being a part of the church and having some of those, uh, I guess influences there, like helped me to kind of stay out of that. Yeah. Good thing, I think.
0: yeah it can be it can pr- definitely provide a nice place of structure especially when if you don't feel that you have that structure in your family situation um you know i think it, it it definitely can be a positive force for change and as you said when done right with the the emphasis on good works and charity and stuff like that that can really instill great values that that go forward but yeah and then there's always that paradox uh, particularly uh, with evangelicals and a lot of a lot of us who have had that a little bit of that church experience where you go man this this guy's like a worship leader which basically means he does a rock show all day on sunday and he's making like six figures (laughs) you know and you're like why is it how does how does this how do i reconcile this with jesus the dude who was you know homeless wandering around
1: yeah there's um there's there's a there's a band called seven places that was signed to uh a Christian label, and that was that was the dude that was leading worship every Sunday at church. So it's like, every like a lot of people you know, my age or younger were like, This is sick. We get to go get, basically see a seven places concert every <laughs>
0: single night, you know. Yeah.
1: Um, and uh, and the worship was great, dude. But it was like, again, you know, looking back on it now, it's like, Do we really need we really need first of all like i always find it like the whole just structure of of a of a church service it's so like comical how everything is it doesn't matter what church you go to if you if you're a part of the christian church it's always the same way you walk in uh like whoever's not the pastor but like the second in command gives them sort of spiel and then the worship team starts and they sing three songs and then there's like this this like piano interlude or like some soft music in the background and then the dude comes back up and he leads the the church in some sort of prayer. And then and then uh you know, the worship team like will finish one song and then the pastor will come up, he'll do his thing, and then the worship team will come back on stage and do like one or two more songs when everyone leaves, you know, like it's the same thing every single day, uh, or every single Sunday. And I just always thought that, that was like weird you know what I mean <laughs> yeah
0: that the structure and the uh you know it reminds me of uh you know a few years back I went through instructor training with Krav Maga worldwide um just something I was, just was really into doing Krav Maga I wasn't looking to start a career as an instructor or anything but I was helping out at the school where I went and things like that and um just learning going through that instructor program and learning about organizing and leading a class and I'm sure it's similar to people that you know teach Pilates or yoga or or any number of things and just little techniques about, um, interpersonal relationships with people and then things about, yeah, the beginning, middle and end of, of how it's all set up. And then you, and then you can go, yeah, wow. A lot of churches like that, (laughs) or a lot of, you know, in other religious faiths and traditions, like the, the rituals and the, um, you know, bow your head this many times and stand up and do this and whatever. And, how it's like, man, you really are just, uh, whatever's at the heart of it and whatever you're getting out of it positively or negatively, the structure of it is really interesting because it's very, um, there's some psychological kind of programming that's going on, you know?
1: Yeah. It's, 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 and if you're not, I guess if you're not locked into it or a part of it and you're just kind of a spectator, it's really off-putting.
0: Yes. Yes. Um,
1: so, uh, so yeah, that's something I noticed just recently going to church. Like I, I feel, you know, what's strange as I went to, um, an AA meeting with Sean Feldman one time. Cause he mm-hmm. loves to just invite, he loves to invite people to his meetings sure. so you can check it out. Um, I felt more moved there, dude. Like, and there's a lot of the same kind of like, um, methods that they use, you know, like they, like, the pledge that they say and stuff has to do with God and and all that. But, like, I, I was more moved about that because I felt like it was people that were there and actually struggled with something going up and sharing their story each week or whenever they do the meetings and everyone supporting that person. And then afterwards, everyone being able to, like, walk around and communicate and talk and just share, like, yeah, this is what I'm going through this week. How are you? And there's people holding each other accountable. I'm like, that's how I feel like church should be yeah like let's hear from the people inside the building not just one guy let's hear their story and let's lift them up and like support them you know and like be there for them especially the people that are struggling you know like I feel like that's what I would prefer if I went to a church
0: yeah there's a lot of uh real true fellowship there in that uh you know program as they call it in the 12-step thing and you know my my dad has been uh and you know not to betray his anonymity, but he's been in, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous since the 80s. And so I'm very familiar with that as well. And I have friends that are in recovery and, you know, Feldman's obviously a mutual friend of ours and he's a big advocate of that. And um, yeah, like you said, there's that accountability. And there's also, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, where it's kind of like, all right, you're in the church, you've accepted Jesus, you've joined up in our club. There's not a lot of like, in a lot of instances, and I'm sure, you know, there are some, examples that people could go well this church does it this way but by and large there's not that same thing that you get in like a recovery program where you have a sponsor and you can call them and you, you're you like hey I'm you know I can't get to work because the transmission's out of my car like what should I do where you actually have people that are really involved in your the nitty-gritty of your life and um, yeah you know helping helping in a way that yeah and I, and I do think it's interesting you know one of the things that the 12-step program's you know, AA and NA and Gamblers Anonymous and the things that are based on, on that idea, it does have a faith component to it. And it's not religious in the sense that, you know, they're not putting a bunch of uh, rules and limitations and values on you in terms of your your personal daily life and ethics and who you love and what you do and what you had for breakfast. But, um, but there is a, that higher power idea in there. And they claim right. to have a higher success rate than the more secular-based uh, addiction treatments that that don't have any kind of higher power in the, uh, in the middle of it. So I think that says something about, you know, there's a lot of throwing the baby out with the bathwater where a lot of us get disgusted, rightly so, by the issues with religion and the oppression and the, you know, whether it's standing by, you know, slavery or patriarchy or all these evils in society – um, and then we kind of want to throw the whole baby out with the bathwater where, you know, it's like, well, all it's all bullshit. And it's like, well, you know, it wasn't bullshit for Martin Luther King, <laughs> you know, like he had, he had some real faith that seemed to be vibrant and mean something and, and did something positive. And yeah, I, I think it's as much as we can strip away. And that's something I like to get into with these conversations. You know, it's like, like just like you were saying, you know, getting that experience as a kid and helping other people and how that went on in your life like that's it's not about which rules you followed or didn't follow or, or where what building you showed up to every week um, you know you got you still got something positive out of it for all the negative yeah. you know I don't know that's I didn't mean to go off on a rant but <laughs> that's kind of my thing and correct me if I'm wrong but um, you know obviously the, the first exposure in a big way that you got, you know, was YouTube and that Jesus in the Southern Sky song with you and Jesse that, um, you know, really blew up. And, uh, and then obviously you had, you know, some other projects and things like that before people got to know you and sleeping. Um, it seemed like there was a connotation to the whole Christian thing that was either attached to you or that was there in some way. What, How would you explain that now, and with the with the benefit of hindsight, and having evolved and developed so much as an artist in your career since then? Was that fair that people were kind of putting putting that on you? That they thought maybe you were like a Christian singer? Where was that coming
1: from? I think honestly, I think honestly, a lack of life experience. You know, Mm. again, like that was like a lot of. I could trace that back to like being really young, and again, going to see like Christian bands. You know, like. one of the bands we worshiped me and Jesse back then was under Oath, you know, and watching sure. them like slap each other for cussing and, um, and, you know, saying like words on stage and, and doing all that. And to us, we thought that was like the way to go, you know, cause that's what, that's the music we listened to. Um, as I started touring more and going out in the world and seeing the world firsthand and experiencing it and, and, and talking with people and having conversations, when it came to religion and, and all the stuff that people had gone through negatively through it, it, it changed my view. It changed my mind. Um, and, again, you know, like, also just me getting older and, and kind of seeing uh, church not in a, hey, you're thrown into this, and this is just kind of expected of you, but as, like, a willingness to go and mm-hmm. check it out, um, I, I just kind of, like, switched gears, you know? I I, I kind of just... I I attribute like going to church to, uh, to helping me. I guess um, want to start like doing music and start singing and start writing. But but now it's it's definitely like it's, it's a part of my path. It's just kind of how I grew up, and and um, and that's kind of how I see it.
0: And, and you know, it's interesting you brought up under oath. Uh, you know, I had Timmy on the podcast. A while back. And, you know, we had a great conversation about how his, um, viewpoints and everything have changed and in a similar sense through life experience. And, you know, he was talking, he has a, a, Muslim family in his neighborhood that him and his family are really close with. And even something as simple as that, uh, changing his outlook and, and opening and broadening his perspective on other people and other beliefs. And, um, you know, some things that, uh, he, know, he doesn't identify with anymore in terms of uh, traditional, what would be seen as traditional Christian beliefs. And uh, Spencer's going to be on the podcast here uh, pretty soon. And, okay. um, you know, and his, his whole journey has obviously been uh, very unique also and um, where he's at these days and all that. And I think uh, it's brave not only to wrestle with those questions and those ideas through music and art, but really courageous for a band like Under Oath to be very explicit about who they are and where they're at and, um, not, not get pigeonholed or, or tied to any, you know, I mean, can you imagine most people, uh, having to, uh, abide by the rules they set for themselves when they were like 14 <laughs> as like, you know, 30 something year old man with yeah. families, like, you know, it's ridiculous. But, but you I, know?
1: Will say, I will say the times have changed and I think that people are a lot more open now than they used to be. Yeah. Um, so it's like uh, I don't know, I remember being on Warped Tour, and that band Four today would mm-hmm. go out and just be like super intense about their uh their preaching on stage, like they play like two songs and spend the rest of their like set just preaching and and just like almost like hate preaching, like basically just being like, all y'all are sinners, you're gonna go to hell unless you change your ways um you know maddie the 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 screamer vocalist there's many times where, you know, I would just, we would like occasionally like see each other and talk and it would always like, I, I would wait for it. Cause it would be like a normal conversation. Hey, how's your family? Good. How's your family? Good. Yeah. Oh, I was going out here. Great. And then I'd wait for it. And then sure enough, it would come like, how's your walk and stuff with the Lord? Like, what are you doing with it? You know, because I feel like if you're not in the path of like being a Christian and, and doing God's work then I think that you and your band should probably, like, go home because you're, like, you're doing the opposite of what needs to be done.
0: Wow. And
1: I'd never, like, I'd never, like, sat down with a dude and been, like, yo, I'm a full-blown Christian, and this is, like, I'm out here, like, spreading the word. Like, I've never said any of that to him. It's just something that he, like, assumed upon me. Uh, And I remember one day he did that again. Like, he's, like, you know, like, if you're not doing it for the right reasons, maybe you should go home. I was like, dude, you'd like that, huh? Cause you'd probably sell more merch if my band went home.
0: <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but he laughed about it.
1: He laughed about it and it was fine. And I, it, I just like, kind of, I'm like, dude, like, I don't need to hear that from you, bro. Like, if you want to ask me like, I'm doing that's cool, but I don't need you to like, I don't need you to save me, you know? Um, so it, it was, I know that, um, buddy from census Phil had some like serious issues with that band too. Um, but it was just I, I always thought that was like crazy, you know? Like pick your time and place. Like I, I don't think that warp tour is the like where kids are just trying to go and enjoy their summer is the time of place. Like maybe at your own show where kids expect you to do that and they wanna like hear that from you, then go for it. But like I I always thought, man, like maybe tone it down, <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, or you know, provide an opportunity to say, Hey, this is what we're about, if you wanna come talk <laughs> talk to us about it you know we'll be at our merch table or we're, we're doing a signing or whatever and versus like turning uh yeah warp tour into a, a worship service it's not necessary what people signed up for when they came um yeah yeah and i think uh you know and hey different people feel called to to go about things in different ways but I, yeah it's mighty presumptuous to um like you said assume and in, in casual conversation so much about another person's deeply held convictions about, you know, life after death and like all these big, big ideas, you know, like, uh, that's definitely uh, intrusive for uh, lack of a better word to kind of pick at somebody like that. Who's not inviting it. It'd be different if you were going like, Hey Maddie, let's go get, let's go get some coffee. And you know, I want to talk to you about your faith and what you believe and what I believe and all that. It's, you know, rather than just like, being which which sort of to picked me, on, you know? which
1: to me, I feel like I feel like what would be more ideal is if it was that kind of situation, like like talking to me about normal stuff, and then you know just saying like just being like a normal person, and then maybe if, if that's the case, I would be willing to like ask you questions about it and, and get to know you know more about where you're where you're at with your, your your beliefs and your thoughts. But to just throw it and spring it on somebody has always been something that's kind of turned me off about that, you know, like that's, that's all, it's it's almost like it's like a, a different than being Jehovah's witness or Mormon, you know, it's like, to me, it's the same as it's like those dudes coming up to your door, you know, and I feel yeah. bad for the I feel bad for those guys, because they have to do it. It's like part of their mission. It's like something they have to do. And, <laughs> you know, I, I've seen my mom do it so many times, just slam the door in those people's faces and stuff. And I feel bad for them. But it's like, it's, you're just you're asking for it, you know?
0: And there and there's some faith traditions even where they do that certain amount of proselytizing, but they've also got this ingrained belief that only X number of people are going to be saved anyway. So it's sort of like, well, I knocked on the door and handed the flyer, did my part, and it, yeah, and it has nothing yeah, to do crazy. with like like, hey, I when I knocked on your door, I noticed your lawn has turned brown. are you having trouble, like you know, are you behind on your mortgage? Or are you what you know? What's going on? Like <laughs> no, no one's asking questions like that. It's just more like, hey, uh. You heard the good news about the Lord, um, <laughs> I don't. I don't know that that's what the good news is. Um, yeah, uh, and it it it's also got a similar vibe to me of like you know people that are in like pyramid schemes with like vitamins, you know, that are like, hey, so, Kellen, how's your how's your day going? How's your kids? How yeah, you know, how's things with the band? Hey, so. Dude, these vitamins, man. Like, <laughs> blah 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 blah. And you know, if you if I if I give you some and you sell them to like your friend and then blah 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 blah. Like, it's kind of the same. Like, all of a sudden you're just like, wait, what are you selling me? All of a sudden, I thought we were just having a conversation. Now I'm being pitched. yeah, no I'm, kidding, you're pitching me something. You know, or it's it, it's kind of the it's kind of the religious version of like, listen to my demo you know it's like hey just calm down let's get to know each other a little bit first and see if that if that, yeah, comes, no if that comes up naturally sure i'd love to check out your band but don't just you know walk up to me while i'm like drinking a soda in a pizza restaurant and shove your cd under my nose <laughs> it's all a, right it's a little yeah, intrusive yeah. um so yeah so you know kind of getting into you know we talked a little bit about you know kids and everything and um you know, you mentioned your 12 year old going like, yeah, I don't think this is for me, you know, as parents and as, and as people who have had different experiences ourselves, you know, I'm, I'm, o- I'm always curious. And you you know, you've got kids that are older than mine. Like where do you kind of come down on, on what to, what to say and what to teach and kind of, uh, when it comes to this sort of stuff, cause you know, kids inevitably have questions about like, you know, what do you, where do you think we come from and what's the meaning of life? And you know, these big stuff, um, What's been your kind of experience and and handling all that, and uh, you know what you what you think is important to impress upon kids, what you think they should figure out for themselves? Like, I don't know. I'm just always interested yeah. in my asking my friends where they how they deal with this stuff. I'm
1: very I'm very open ended with it. Like, if they have questions, then I kind of turn it back around and just be like, "Well, what do you think, or what do you believe?" You know, like what do you feel and all that stuff. And I don't really give like a right or wrong answer. Um, You know, my daughter, like she she still likes to do prayers and stuff at night. That's just something she likes to do to calm her down and comfort her and stuff like that. So we pray for like her family and we pray for like our cats and the dog and stuff like that. You know, it's like, it's just very like lighthearted. Whereas like, you know, Rowan and I will have discussions about how silly we think, you know, like he'll say, I think it's really silly that this, Um, goes on in church and stuff like that. And I go, you know what, dude, I agree with you, man. I think that's kind of silly too. Um, And we'll just have conversations about it, you know. Like, I I don't push anything on my kids, like, when it comes
0: to politics
1: or religion or anything like that. I want to leave it up to them to make their own decisions, you know, and just kind of be there to answer questions if I can. Uh,
0: Yeah, I feel like our job as parents is to, you know, instill some core values about – you know, kindness and empathy and, and honesty and and things like that. And then hoping that you just kind of give them the right tools to come to their own conclusions um, about what's, what's healthy for them and what they believe and who they want to be and how they want to practice it or whatever. Um, Yeah, that's been, that's been what I've been doing too. And it's, it's interesting because you know, my, my kids have uh, an aunt and uncle who are uh, devout Catholics and have kind of, you know, exposed them to that. And, and, you know, my best friend is a hardcore atheist and, he, and he's not like one of those pushy, preachy people about it. Cause I, I found that there's, I have some atheist friends who are just as evangelical and preachy, you know, they make, they make four today look like uh, the least preachy thing you've ever heard, but they're preaching atheism right. at you, you know? Um, but yeah, and I, and I've sort of, I've taken the, the stance that, you know, I want my kids to be exposed to all of it and, you know, be around people that have diverse opinions and uh you know are expressive about those opinions and thoughts and let them kind of absorb it and and figure it out yeah and, and uh and yeah and I've been similar too where it's like I'll answer questions and I'll tell them what I think about this or that but but yeah I've been careful never to say um you know yeah there's a there's a sky wizard in the clouds and he listens to our thoughts and <laughs> if you if, he, yeah. if he, when he catches you doing this or that like you're gonna get punished and yeah, I haven't I haven't introduced any of that into their lives, and uh, it almost um, seems wrong. Yeah, you know?
1: uh, we went to, like, an Easter, again, an Easter service with family and stuff like that, and Copeland was, like, you know, I think a couple years younger or whatever, and you take your kids down to, like, the little kid class so that you can go to, like, big church or whatever mm-hmm.
0: and,
1: and do that. And uh, I just remember her being, like, crying and clinging to my leg and not wanting to go, and you know, I thought about it as we left. I'm just like, why it's scary enough for kids to go to school and like get used to doing that. Like to take them to like a place that they've never been before and be like, here, you're going to go in this class with this strange teacher and these other kids that you don't know. I just feel like that's a weird thing about church too. Um, And something that I would never like, like I asked her, I'm like, do you think you'd ever want to go to church again? And she's like, no,
0: (laughs) I don't want to go back.
1: (laughs) I don't want to go back there. Um, And that's fine. You know, like I I would never like force her to do that Um, and to have to go somewhere that she doesn't want to go unless she like was stoked and had fun and stuff. And if it's something that she was like, if she were to come up to me, you know, later on and say, hey, is it cool if I go to youth group with my friends? I'm like, sure, go like have a good time. But never
0: force somebody to go there. Yeah, yeah, I never force them to go, and and never and never force them not to. That's another good point that you brought up. If she were, if she were to be like, "Hey, I, these kids at my school do this Bible study. I want to go check it out." I mean, yeah, I also don't want to be the parent that's like, "No way! Like, stay away from that. Like, it's yeah. oppressive and evil and what? You know, yeah, no, it's like, yeah, check things out and count and measure and add it all up and see what you see what you think. You know, and I'll be here to tell you what I think when you, you know, cause I've got some more experience. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I wish that that was the attitude that obviously more parents and you know, I think people more and, and younger generations, I think it's expanding and uh, people are, are kind of raising their kids the way that the way that we're talking about versus indoctrinating them with this or that. But it, it, it's tricky because by the same time, you don't want to be so, loosey-goosey and hippy-dippy with everything that it's just like, oh, whatever, man, whatever you feel, you know, like, and then your your kids are like, oh, I I feel like stealing this candy bar. Why not, you know? There's there's that balance, you know?
1: You teach your kids, like, right and wrong and stuff. Um, You know, me and my wife are very transparent on, like, things that we did as a kid so that they don't feel like we don't understand. Like, my 12-year-old tries to pull the wool over my eyes all the time. I'm like, dude, I was 12. I did the same thing you do. I'm not stupid. I know you think I'm stupid. I'm not. Like, here's an example of what I did, and we'll laugh about it. And, you know, um, and then I feel like they understand that way. But it's like, I'm not, I'm not like um, putting myself above them or making myself seem like I know it all because I don't know it all. Um, And I think that it's important for them to make some decisions on their own and figure it out.
0: Now I think it's also interesting um and this is something I you know struggle with, and I'm still kind of not necessarily struggle and a how almost has a negative connotation, like it's difficult. it's more just that it's a a continuing challenge but an exciting challenge um you know I want my kids to grow up with reason and science and you know fact based uh ideas um but by the same turn you know, just because I, do, I don't want to give them this, like, you know, I don't want my kids thinking that the earth is 5,000 years old and, you know, any of this stuff that's just, like, clearly superstitious nonsense. Um, at the same time, I don't want to rob them of, you know, magic and, and mystery and any more than I want to rob myself of, of magic and mystery and, you know, whether, right. whether you find that in music and art. And, um, and I'm sure, you know, you as a performer, especially um, – An emotional and passionate performer that that puts so much of yourself into your songs you know i'm sure you felt moments on stage or in the studio or or even just you know doing something like the pop-up shows that you just did with nick like i'm sure you feel moments of like transcendental like you know something bigger's going on like there's more than there's more to life than just you know flesh and bone and that sort of thing where do you kind of fall on that uh that balance and that you know you know, do you do you feel like there is some kind of magic or some kind of supernatural thing that's beyond, even if it's not, you know, these like literal myths that we're taught?
1: Yeah, I definitely do. I mean, um, I think that I think that some things are just out of our control. You know, um, it's the unknown. I, I think really that is the magic, um, just the the unknown about what could happen to you, like. Physically in your life emotionally uh financially like life is just it's always an up and down roller coaster and you never know really what's going to happen um I think that's kind of the beauty and the magic in it is you learn your lessons and you figure yourself out um I think you are born you learn some things from your parents and you go off on your own and through trial and error you discover who you are you know and you have your sense of self and being and all that stuff um through just experiencing life Uh, and I I think that there are scientific explanations for a lot of things Um, you know we can look at those and we can go okay cool that makes sense Um, but there there's also no explanation for a lot of things and we can't really make sense of it so we have to just kind of trust that um, you know things will work out the way they're supposed to (laughs) I guess that's the way I look at it.
0: Uh, Yeah, there are so many things that we take for granted now as as facts like, you know, the existence of germs or radio waves or, you know, things that uh, once upon a time nobody knew about or understood and yet they were there, you know, and I think that some of these bigger kind of spiritual ideas, I think there's still so much that's unknown and the idea that anybody has a handle on it one way or the other definitively to say this is what it means or this is what's happening or or this is definitely not happening is you know the most er- like the height of arrogance you know i, I to me right as i as i've gotten older you know and I, I consider myself a believer and and someone of faith but i found that the real beauty and and mystery and magic and all that like it is in the mystery it is in the unknowing and the uncertainty and the constant like skepticism and doubt and questioning and taking in all this information and and that's been you know one of my big kind of selfish motivations for doing this podcast is i just love hearing from and learning from other people and their experience and i tend that i tend to relate with creative people that are you know musicians and writers and things like that so it's all fun this this to me can be like a form of fellowship and a form of church that's a lot more instructive than sitting in the pew (laughs) listening to someone yeah (laughs) tell you the same story
1: i found found just you know talking with my band and other bands and kids that come out to shows and just asking them and conversating with them and, and communicating that way has, has been more influential in my life than going to church ever would be or will be. Um, so, and I, you know, I have conversations with my friends that still go to church and they ask me like, how, where am I at with God? And where am I at with this and that? And it's like, I can tell them how I feel, dude. And like, there's no judgment from them, which is cool. Um, yeah. And it's it's funny because, like, even, like, some of my closest friends that were, like, all about the church and, and going to the church all the time, um, you know, I just had a recent conversation with one of my friends, and he's like, I don't know where God is in my life. I feel like all this really shitty stuff is happening to me, and I, I pray all the time, and I do all this and that, and nothing seems to be changing in a positive way for me, um, you know, and I can explain to him, like, you know, It's as shitty as this might sound like, you know, I don't think that if God is real, I don't think he's the type of God that's just going to bail you out when things are easy or or hard. I mean, I think he's the one that I think that he's going to let you go through those challenges and those hard times to become a better version of yourself, you know. So I'm like, just look at it as any sort of opportunity that comes from it is going to make you stronger and a better person and see it as that. And, you know, they took that and thought it was helpful, you know? So just being able to have those conversations on a, on a, on a normal level, again, I think is what church should be and not just some guy that's up there that pretends to know more than you just because you studied doctrine and, and all this. I think it's about life experience. You know, like I would prefer to hear from somebody that had made mistakes in their life and had gone through, hard times and had come out of it and said, like, I'm a better person because of finding God. And, you know, like, this is what I learned through my mistakes. Like, I feel like I learned better from that than just some guy that grew up going to church and his dad was a pastor. And so it just turned out that he was going to be one and all that.
0: Yeah, which I think speaks volumes to why you felt something resonate with you uh, in the AA meeting, even though you weren't there as an alcoholic seeking treatment, you were just, you know, there with a friend checking it out, um, because you heard those transformative stories from people that felt that they, you know, oh, w- what's that, that cliche, uh, religion is for people who are scared to go to hell, spirituality is for people who've been there, you know, I think that's right. the, uh, that's the AA thing in a nutshell, like, um, you know, hearing from people that, that have, uh, Put it into practice because yeah I, I think when we're sold this idea of of a god as a as a genie like this ultimate wish fulfiller where we're just you know petitioning god all day to make our dreams come true and uh you know ask for all this intervention um it seems like that idea often fails people <laughs> you know like yeah man. it doesn't seem like that's like how I, it works
1: <laughs> my grandma who's very christian uh It has been my whole life. We'll pray for like front row parking at the store.
0: That's a lot of
1: jokes. I'll be like, please God, give me a good parking
0: spot. I'm like, oh God, grandma. I mean, you know, think about all the people that are praying for their team to win the Super Bowl. Like, well, somebody's prayers didn't get answered. (laughs) You know, if you're going to, if you're going to say, I, I prayed to God that we would win and we did. Well, does that mean the other, the other side wasn't praying? Um, Right. Exactly. Yeah, and and that and, and hey, that's not to say that there isn't some miraculous. You know, I don't want to take away from people's experience that that feel that they've seen answered prayer and you know my own experience of things that I can't explain or whatever. But but I think overall this idea of, of yeah, God, the genie and the the wish fulfiller, um, it seems it, it, it seems too small. You know, if we're gonna if we're gonna believe in some kind of in a God that's yeah. the creator of the universe, like is God gonna be like? really sitting around, you know, concerning himself specifically with, uh, you know, God, I, I'm i going to get my haircut today. I'm I'm, pr- I'm really praying that the barber doesn't fuck it up. Like, <laughs> 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 I don't know. I don't think that's what God's doing all day. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, he's, he's up these faces, Right. Exactly. And it's random,
0: dude. Yeah, and, so, and somebody's can't because you're like, okay, oh, tell that other fan they're from cancer because they didn't pray hard enough or they didn't pray in the yeah, right way. Yeah, <laughs>
1: I don't know. I think that if it's a real thing, um, then, you know, again, learning from experiences in life, good or bad, is the purpose, you know? Um, Otherwise, we can get into the whole, like, why are we here thing, and it would take forever. But um, Mm -hmm. if if God was real, like, why hasn't he come back yet? Like, (laughs) there's obviously some some lessons that still need to be learned on earth from everyone.
0: So, Well, this is a pretty good place to wrap up. Um, I I would say... Then you know, you know that question that some of your uh, Christian friends and things like that ask you, and all that sort of thing. um, Where do you kind of come down on that nowadays? Do you feel that there's a a higher power or God or something that to kind of go to for guidance, or or you know, is it more of a? I mean, I don't know. What do what do you where do you kind of land on that these days?
1: I think it's the energy we put out to the universe. Really, I think like. You know, when I'm on tour, I'll always pray for my family and stuff like that before I go to bed, just to kind of put that positivity out there and say, like, I'm thinking about you and, you know, I'm hoping that everyone is going to be okay and that I'm going to be okay and I'm going to make it home and this and that. But it's like, it's like a mm-hmm. way for to feel more um, at ease, I guess. And, um, you know, when things are hard or, or things are tough for me in my life, I don't, I don't blame anybody or anything for that. I just assume that it's just a part of life and it is something that we're going to have to go through. There's, I don't think there's anything that I did to deserve it or, you know, I don't think that it's me being challenged by anybody. I just think that it is life, you know, like life wouldn't be life without good and bad times. Mm. So I just try to learn what I can from the bad times and enjoy the good times as much as possible.
0: Yeah. We get sold this idea by religions and by self-help and, you know, by a lot of things that um, we're supposed to be happy, we're supposed to be positive, we're supposed to feel good, we're supposed to be fit and beautiful. These different things, and it what inevitably happens is we we crash and burn so hard when we're confronted with the first obstacle or the first challenge because we're we're constantly being told um, that we should be positive and be happy, and it's like uh, you know, there's there's something fundamentally unhealthy about not recognizing. When you're unhappy, or when you're bored, right, <laughs> or when you're when you're sad, and just kind of you know existing in that moment as intently and as purposefully as you exist in a moment of joy, you know, I, I think that's that's a big part of what's missing, and this emphasis on uh, you know everybody's looking for the answer, like what's the what's the thing that's going to make me um, be happy all the time, and it's like n- nothing. <laughs> I hope that that's never, you know, but, right, exactly so well awesome dude well um thanks so much for making the time to have been uh since i started it i've been wanting to get you on because i figured you'd have a a unique unique take on all this stuff and i was not wrong
1: thanks for having me man i really appreciate it it's always good talking with you That's
0: likewise cool. yeah it's been too long
1: cool thanks ryan it's always it's always good talking to you man i appreciate it
0: likewise brother. take care of yourself and uh, i'll talk to you soon You can keep up with Kellen on Twitter and Instagram and follow all of his band's happenings on social media as well. Find No Prize From God on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and check out our blog on Patheos, where we take deep dives into many of the subjects that come up in the podcast. Subscribe and check out past episodes with Kellen Quinn collaborator, Maddie Mullins of Memphis Mayfire, Jesse Leach from Killswitch Engage, Ryan Clark of Demon Hunter, Satir Graven from Satiricon, Modern Tarot author Michelle T., and many more great guests. And please, if you'd be so kind, leave us a five-star review and a nice rating in Apple Podcasts. And while you're in there, if you're a Metallica fan, check out our sister show, Speak and Destroy, a podcast about all things Metallica, featuring guests from bands like Avenged Sevenfold, Pantera, Megadeth, Testament, Hailstorm, and many, many more. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan Downey and on Instagram at SuperheroHQ. And as always, you guys have been great, and I've been Ryan J. Downey.